Good afternoon and welcome to our show, We're Talking Golf. My name is Douglas Maida and I'm your host for this show. Today we have a very special co-host joining us from Manchester, England. So a big world of golf welcome to Sophie Walker. How are you, Sophie? I'm very well, thank you. In rainy Manchester, but nothing changes there. <laughs> but you must be getting excited closer to spring. Yeah, I mean, normally we all say that the golf season in the UK starts at the Masters and if ever there was a sentence, truer, because we are still locked down in England. So March the 29th, golf course is open. Following week, the Masters doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> Terrific. Terrific. Um, so most of you will know Sophie from her playing career on the European Ladies Tour or from her work with Sky Sports as a uh, analyst. And we're very delighted to have her here with us. Today's show is being recorded from our studio in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We're produced by the World of Golf, and you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.worldofgolf.org or on our social media channels of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and now on LinkedIn. For those of you who are in Asia or elsewhere, you can also follow us on Weibo and WeChat. Now, before we get into today's show, I would like to welcome our listeners and followers from around the world for without you and your support, we would not be able to deliver this show. So thank you for listening. Joining us today will be John Glenn. He's the co-owner of Color Path Golf Concepts. And then afterwards, Sophie and I will be discussing some of the news coming out of Europe and the Ladies European Tour. But before we get to our guest, we will take a break for a message from our producers. You're listening to our podcast show, We're Talking Golf. We're proud to announce that our podcast show was named one of the top 40 podcasts covering the PGA and the LPGA. Our show is produced by The World of Golf. The World of Golf is an independent digital media company. You can find our podcast show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Now back to our show. Here are your co-hosts, Douglas and Sophie Walker with their special guest. We're back. Thank you for staying with us. Now, our guest today hails from Watford in the UK. He is one of the co-founders of a unique golf training system called the Color Path Golf Concepts. He's joining us today to share his golf training system with us. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Doug. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Um, so, John, why don't we start a little bit with your background and how you came to be with uh, training system? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Background, many years of teaching, PJ Pro, spent many of my career at the Grove in Hertfordshire. Uh, many people know it's where Tiger won uh, back in 06, the Amex, and really kind of having a passion for helping people, liked playing, but had a passion for teaching, and developed the system as we were working there with my um, partner, Kevin Merry, uh, business partner. We thought, how could we simplify the teaching process of the game? and use color as colors always around us. And we thought being very creative, we thought let's use a system, let's try four primary colors. And really kind of stem from there, uh, back end of 2016, 17, beginning of 17, is when we started to develop the prototypes and um, start teaching a language of color. And it's been amazing ever since really, the feedback, the results, and quite a unique way to communicate instruction. Right, right. And so, very briefly, how did it come to be uh, that you have now rolled out the system? Can you share a couple of words with us about how it's grown and, and where, how you've taken it to where it is today? Sure, yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes down to community that we're promoting. Um, it takes something to create something, but it takes a team to help grow it, uh, quite simply. And, and I think... We've got a simple process. We've got something that works and we're trying to roll it out to, you know, make more coaches aware globally, which we're, we're making a good job of. Um, but it's following a specific system. And, and that's the key thing. It's, it's not a matter of just throwing colors down. It's using the colors specific within the golf swing. So we would use yellow, brightest color in the spectrum is the target lines, grab your attention. Um, blue, most popular color for men. It's, it's a cool and calm color. So takeaway transition, obvious color for that area. You've got green as relax and go, go as a traffic light. 
go where you need the club head to go. So that was a, a good phase and applying power. And then you've got red as speed, power and control, and also a danger zone of a no-go area. And if you stick tightly to that with your students, that's when we see the fast track results of people seeing the sequence and saying to us, oh, I get it now. And, and really how this sort of come about was that we felt there was a big disconnect between the coach and student. Whilst the coach is there and the coach is doing fantastic work and knows what he's saying, when the student's there, there's the nodding dog. You know, the, the head goes and, and, and we thought, well, actually, how do you know what your student knows? And when you get them to build out what we call the most powerful five minutes in the game, it's an eye-opener. And you go, well, I've taught you for six years, Joe. Um, that's amazing how you perceive the information that I've just given you. And then it stems from there that you're on the same page. So how would you um, describe the, uh, the problem, if you will, in terms of how your system uh, and your concept overcomes some of those challenges? I mean, you're a golf instructor. You've uh, worked with uh, students and, you know, one of the more difficult aspects of it all is repetition and being able to get the uh, mental knowledge and translate it into how the body starts to move so that your students become a little more familiar with it so that it almost becomes or does become second nature by the time you get to somebody like Sophie's level. Yeah, absolutely. I think the big part is our system is all about external focus. So for many people not familiar, external focus is referencing cues. In our instance, it's visual cues. You know, many people using some great stuff, alignment sticks, a towel. But we've created a system where you're using the visual cues where you're hardly mentioning about body parts, meaning traditional instruction is turn your left shoulder, bring your left wrist down here, turn your left hip. All valid information, but if you can communicate through more the subconscious of cues, then the movement becomes more automatic through our findings and process. And, and really, the kind of problem that stems from us, which, again, what the coach knows exactly what he's saying, is the spoken words. And when you can show them through the language of colour, they, they get that clarity of where to swing the club or where, where to move things. And that piece I mentioned there, when if I was to say to you, Douglas, you know, what, what sort of shot do you want to play? And you're in front of me and you say, I just want to hit it straight. I'll get you to build out the kit of what a straight shot is. And I'll watch you put down the blue ruler as the downswing path. I'll watch you put down the green ruler as the exit path. And I'll watch you put down the red club face ruler, which many people look and go, what do you mean the club face? I thought you meant where I was swinging. They don't differentiate the two. And then when I see the representation of what you put down on the ground, I stand back and go, wow. Now, you could have had many lessons. And I go, that's amazing that that's how you perceive a straight shot. And what we find is 95% of people build out their fault, which is exciting for us because people are building out what they think they should be doing. So you're doing a great job there, Doug, slicing the ball. Let me just show you what right looks like. And now you're on the right pathway to success. So it's once you experience it, you get to know how powerful it is, basically. Yes, yes, I could see that. John, where do you plan to take the, the uh, system? Is it mostly aimed at uh, coaches or are you aiming it towards students or is it just uh, a, a two-way track, doing both? Yeah, good question. I mean, it, as a product and a concept, it's, it's for everyone. The pathways that we have is obviously getting this in the front of coaches helps them create multiple packages and ideas and creativity. That's a big passion for mine to help coaches with more creativity, with games, drills, skills. And then there's the feed there for a student pathway that can then understand it and then start to be working in a self-learning environment, which is something we feel needs to happen more for, for students away from lessons. So you can create that environment away from the lesson. Um, whilst you're in a lesson, and many people on this, you know, listening in here, acute learning um, has gone on, but the chronic state learning hasn't existed like it should have. When the door shuts, great when the coach is there, but when you're then on your own, you've got to replicate that environment and then come back and to, to speed up the learning process. So it absolutely helps juniors. We've done some great work with children with learning difficulties and adults, children with autism. It's everyone. And it's, it's not, you know, we get pigeonholed as the bright colours. Oh, this is good for kids. 
it helps everyone. You know, it's to simplify the journey. And as we get older, um, we need to be that big kid again and, and simplify simplify how we're you know absorbing information. So um, yeah, it can it make an impact to, to all levels of golfer. If I understand what you're saying correctly, John, you're saying that uh, your training concepts really reinforce the learning that you're doing as a teaching professional, basically teaching the students your swing paths, your takeaways, but with the color path system or concept, they're able to quickly bypass all that thinking and just follow the path that you set down with them. Yeah, it's just avoiding the overload of information that can exist in lessons and you know, as I say, there's there's quality stuff going on out there from a lesson environment. But what we found is a little bit of the missing link to add some more clarity to the journey between the coach and student relationship. And that could be from swing pass, as we've talked about. Um, it can be from building out chipping stations, putting stations. It's for whatever you want it to be, really. Um, I say to coaches, your only limitation is your imagination. Get creative with it, which then stems from the community. And we're very passionate about building a ladies community at the moment, um, bringing more ladies into the game through a pathway of a fast track way to, to actually get a qualification in becoming a coach that bridges the gap to PGA qualifications, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, we, we want to create pathways community and it's whatever you want to do with your student, you can create a fast track learning environment for them using the language of colour. Mm, very interesting. Uh, Sophie, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but have you had a look at the system and have you tried tried it a little bit or do you have uh, something to share about uh, about the concept and how it can help golfers improve their swings? And No, no, I'm only kidding. I am actually um, a level one certified coach now. So what I would say about Colour Path from a coaching perspective is that when you're a good golfer, you do the basics, or when you've done golf your entire life, your basics are kind of set in stone. Um, whereas if you're new to golf, you haven't got basics. So I think the color path puts that, like John said, that subconsciousness down. So for instance, I was working with a, a player and we were on a map, a square map, and he was lining up way right. And I'm like, no, no, you want to be parallel to the map. And he, he couldn't get his head around it. So I'm thinking, if you can't be parallel to this square map, when I put you on a big golf course, what's that going to do? Also, with his ball position, ball position kept sneaking further and further and further back. And it, if I can just set him out where his feet need to be and where his ball needs to be every time, bearing in mind he's on a map, so he doesn't need to move around because of divots, I don't have to worry about saying that every single time. Now, think about this. I'm saying to him every single time you close with your stance, your ball position needs to be far forward. What happens when he leaves me and he doesn't pick up a club for five days, six days? He's going to go straight back to that. Whereas at least there's a little bit of a kit that you can actually, like you can give to them where they can just put it out. So it just, there's so many people that come back to lessons with me that I'm teaching the same thing every single time. Now, is it because I'm not translating it properly or is it that they're just not retaining it? Whereas with the visual, it's there, it's there all the time. It's like a template. That's the best way to describe it. This is your golf template. Go and put it down and trace the club or line your feet up to this. Then I can move you forward. Because you're not getting this bit right. I can't move you forward. So it sounds like it's an excellent tool to reinforce the learning. I mean, we've learned, um, at least in the professional world, when we do our training seminars and whatnot, we've always tried to strive to, when we're teaching or coaching in the uh, that environment, about reinforcing the audio, you know, the speaking and the visuals with kinesthetic. So when they're learning and they can see where your paths are setting up, and they're actually practicing it. I mean, you're getting all three learning uh, avenues working together and firing together so that it really seems to enforce or reinforce the learning concepts really strongly. And I take it that's exactly what you're finding with the system? Uh, for me personally, yeah. Like I listened to a podcast with Robert Rock the other day, and he said that if you are trying to change your swing, you need to record 
every single swing that you take. Else you could spend, like he said, when he was younger, spent hours almost practicing the wrong thing. And, and with golf, unless you video it, you can't see what you're doing. It's not, it, like John said, it's very internal. I just find with these visual aids, it does become slightly more external and you almost don't know you're doing it. You see that that red disc as if to say, don't go there. Like you see the green, do go there. You're used to that. It's a traffic light system and it becomes slightly more subconscious. And it's it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. So I, I use it with Trackman as well. So it's all right me saying to somebody, right, getting your path into out, for instance. They like I like now they can see it, they can build it, they can trace it with their club. And then we can reference as soon as they've hit the shot, right, Trackman says this. Whereas before I didn't have that begin in the middle. I just kind of had the end in Trackman. So I think you can sometimes I find it quite hilarious that I'm using this piece of equipment with an 18 gram piece of launch monitor. Um, so, it, and and like people go to me, oh, I've got alignment sticks. And you're like, yeah, great. This is just, everyone's got alignment sticks. This is the, just the next level for me in alignment sticks. Um, and then the, the fact that there's a color there just concentrates your mind. So it sounds like that's going to be an important part of your teaching going forward then, Sophie. You know, yes and no. I've got some people that they come into me. If I put anything near them object-wise, they don't learn well with it. So it's like, no, I went to – like I had a guy come in. Oh, I went to see this coach. He had a stick up here. He had, you know, all that type of stuff. And straight away I'm like, there's no chance I'm putting colour path in front of him because he doesn't work that way. Um, Whereas – I've been speaking to, or when I taught, when I was allowed to teach, a couple of school teachers, um, and the school teachers love it because that's the kind of way they're taught to teach. Um, So I think this is a way of it's communicating to teach somebody. I'm still going to teach the way I teach, but the way I communicate to the person is going to be hopefully a lot clearer because now, like, I openly ask the question, what are you trying to do? Whereas before, I probably didn't. Like, I had a guy the other day, I'm trying to keep my left arm really straight through impact and and after. And I'm like, God, that's why he's got the chicken wing. Because he's trying to hold it that straight, that straight, then it gives way. Whereas I think if I didn't use colour path, maybe I wouldn't be asking them questions like that i'd just be assuming they knew what to do because i do why don't they well that makes a lot of sense excellent so you you can tailor it to the learning styles of your of your students and i think that's fantastic there's an interesting point to add and some great great information you've just said there soaking i like the fact that you said about the template that's really really good you know the template the swing and you know adding to what you said there of a student that you know, you couldn't put the kit out. It's amazing. I had a situation I just want to share. Back at the Grove, I had a guy come to me for a session and I had the Colour Path kit the early days under my arm. He said to me, I'm not here for a kid's lesson. He saw this kit and I had a kid's group beforehand. So I get him up to the right, up to the top of the range. He says, right, I need you to help me with this slice and I need it now, I need it sorted. So I get him to set up and like you said, Sophie, aiming miles right, um, I gradually get bits of the kit out. So I get a couple of rulers out for the target in the ball position. I said, just come back and have a look. He says, no way I'm aiming there. I said, well, all I've done is added a bit of kit involved here. Then I got him, we gradually get some bits out and we, we help him out. And he wants to get the driver out and stop the driver slice. And I said, let's get a seven iron out. And it was really interesting. He dismissed it of because it's so simple, it needed to be technical. He was an accountant. He wanted numbers. He was a technical person. And it's just me here at the end of it. He said, can I apologize? I said, go on. He said, it was one of the best lessons I had, but I didn't give it a chance. I saw it as a kid's thing. I said, yeah, exactly. You try to get overclocked up upstairs where a few simple visuals and the cues. And so that day he then became regular and it's like, where's my color path kit? So it, it shows you sometimes students can go, oh, that's not for me. And it's not going to be for everyone, but as a cue and a reference it can really make make an impact. But I love what you said there, Sophie. I think there's some 
really, really valid points and the template. I really like that. You can really have good. that one, John. <laughs> <laughs> can have that one for yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. No, but from, from my point of view, John, um, what I've, so for everybody, I've just recently passed my level one. And what I like about John is the fact that he's always, in fact, you're always on the message, aren't you? you it's a very, it's a community that they're always like, is everything all right? You speak to them. How are you feeling about this? And um yeah, it's not like, oh, you just you just pass and that's it. And you get people that will also say, do you know what? I tried this and that really worked. So it's not, right, you've passed, on you go, that's it. They're quite keen to, to work out where to go next with it, um, which I think as a coach is a good thing. Um, back in the day, no one told their secrets and I think now you look at social media and it's like you can get so much for free. It's incredible. But there needs to be a bit of back and forth where I quite like from a coaching perspective, I quite like having a community that I can ask if, I, if I'm not sure. Um, so that's really, really going to help me, I think. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, excellent. Um, John, so if a player like me is interested, how would I go about um, finding a kit? Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of pathways. Our pathway at the moment and our kind of roadmap of, of our business and, and what we're creating is is via our certified coaches. You know, you, there are a selection of products from our site that you can buy. Uh, because we're now opening up, you know, a number of conversations and coaches globally, um, it's changing the, the journey and logistics of the business of Colourpath Golf. But at the moment, the, the pathway is through the coach. The coach then, we're really trying to help the coach now. If you're a student of a certified coach, for instance, that there's a pathway that coaches can buy student training kits that we've got that comes with resources. And we want to do that to help the coach, to help his business. But there is equally where a student can come to us directly, color path us, and learn. Uh, we're just in the, in the process of building um, a student certification which is a very sort of, you know, scaled down version, but it helps them understand the kit. But our main piece is that we want to continue the journey into the coaches because of the coaches is where, as Sophie said, that's where we want the community. And the more we can spread coaches globally, we can join coaches up. Uh, and it would bring me, you know, great delight to be having, you know, Sophie and lots of other ladies on a, on a group Zoom call that we can bounce ideas off. You know, look what Sophie's just mentioned today here about a template. This sharing that with other coaches helps. You know, sharing, giving value. I think that is the the number one objective and passion for us to grow the team. Yeah, John, you mentioned uh, bringing the concept and the learning to uh, getting it out into women's golf. You recently, Color Path Golf Concepts, recently um, partnered with an organization to just to do something quite similar to that. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, so kind of in the first lockdown, um, you know, was looking at different ways of how we could, you know, get involved with LPGA and, you know, LET and, and, and different routes. And I thought, I'm just going to call up the LPGA and give it a go. <laughs> so I called up, uh, managed to connect with a meeting uh, with Nancy, uh, the CEO, and again, something I pride myself is relationships, connected, shared the passion of what we've done. And, and here we are now as approved education partners of the LPGA and the Girls Golf Site Directors, which was creating a complete new pathway um, through these coaches with games, resources. And that obviously, by association, really helps um, you know, put you on the map, if you like, where off the back of that, it was amazing people contacting to say, oh, Colour Path Golf must be good. <laughs> um, you know, because by name people associate, which we know it is, but it's nice when you get a rubber stamp or something from someone that they that they take interest. And it's been great, you know, on calls, we're growing, you know, it's, it's early days. Um, you know, we're building the relationships, I'm jumping on calls, but it's spreading word of mouth now. So we've got a, a really good, and I want to share on this part, there's a really, a, a girl... Um, in Miami, she's just won an award through LPGA, Stephanie. She won one of the Rolex awards. 
And she's doing some fantastic stuff with the kit. Last weekend, all these posts with these kids, the kids are loving it. It's just lovely to see and the impact that the kit has had. So spreading these stories, I think that's what I'm trying to get to here, spreading these stories of what other coaches are doing is what it's all about for us. Um, And that would obviously help through members helping members through the ladies' community, the LPGA. And as Sophie said, you know, helping each other out and and bringing that community together is is very important. So, yeah, it's been exciting and we look forward to the future. So, so John, sorry, John. So, so John, you know, the kit, like we just talk about like full swings. Is the kit just for full swings or does it, does it go all the way through the, the game? Anything you want to do, every aspect of the game, putting, chipping, pitching, sand play, you name it. I say to coaches, the only limitation is your imagination. It's not the end product. So you can actually, you know, there's there's tons of games that we're building at the moment that we're turning into resources. You know, the the knockoff challenge with the discs, you tee the discs up, you land the ball on the disc, you do a, a landing zone. You, there's, there's so many different ways, putting. We've got a make all putting set up. And that's the bit that excites me. So, you know, when we get back out, you know, towards the end of this month and, now, I'm sure you'll see using it in short game, you'll come up with a drill and it'll be like, look at this drill. It'll be like, oh, great, mm-hmm. how good's that? So you can absolutely use it in, you know, it's a multi-training system, training aid, if you like, that doesn't have one use. But once you know how to use it, you know why we created it is our little message. Do you have any uh, anything else you'd like to add about the concept, John? And it's, well, I think pretty much in a nutshell, we've, we've gone through there and the, and the feedback and input from Sophie's been great. It's a fast track visual way to coach, learn and play. And if you stick to the four colours, it's very different. We get many eyebrows raised of how are you teaching people through colour? But if you apply it to certain aspects of the swing, we're just excited of, of, of the experiences that people have. And um, yeah, we just, we love, again, building a team and, and creating a platform. But the, the one thing I, I would say that I want to share as well, and it's been touched on in this call, it's like stopping by the side of the road and asking someone, do you know where so-and-so golf club is? And you wind your window down and they say, yeah, if you just go up there, second exit, turn right, third roundabout, you wind the window up and guess what? You get lost. You end up pulling over to a petrol station or a gas station. But if you follow the sat nav, if you follow the roadmap, which is what we're doing, you get there every time. And that's really the, the, the objective and the concept of Colour Path Golf is once you know how, you know why, once you follow the system, the colour-coded system, you'll start to improve and fast-track your learning process. Very true. So what's next for Colour Path Golf Concepts, business-wise, growth-wise, as a business company? Excited about opening up somewhere. Our first academy is, is on the agenda. There's lots going on at the moment. We're a very small team at the moment and, and emerging very fast. So there's lots to, to deal with. But having an academy, having a HQ, um, you walk in, it's a Colour Path Academy and rolling that out where it's a training centre is, is the next step. And growing the certified coaches and community, I think is as simple as that really, with the library of resources that we bring to the certification. That's really the th- thing that excites coaches because I ask a lot of coaches, what is it you want in your coaching? I need more content. I need more help in building programs. And that's what we did. We stepped away from full-time jobs, and we've been behind a computer desk building that to, to help coaches. So, uh, yeah, the, the future looks colourful. <laughs> <laughs> Every pun intended. <laughs> uh, good. Well, thank you very much for taking uh, time to join us today, John. That was very interesting, and uh, I look forward to seeing your color path golf concept system coming out here in uh, Canada as it gets a little more popular and uh, rolls out more worldwide. A pleasure. Great, grateful to be on. I appreciate you letting me share the journey. Obviously having Sophie on board, very experienced player, you know, coming from it from a player's tour player's perspective and a respected coach. It's, it's great to hear views and share ideas and that's how we all grow. Well, thank you very much, John. And uh, we'll be looking for color path golf concepts shortly in our area. Great stuff. Thanks, Douglas. Thanks, Sophie. Thanks, John. Okay, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Sophie about all things Ladies European Tour and uh, all of the wonderful things they have planned for 2021. 
Did you know that our podcast show, We're Talking Golf, was recognized as one of the top 40 podcasts to follow in 2021 for coverage of the PGA and LPGA? Our show is produced by The World of Golf. The World of Golf is an independent digital media company. You can find our podcast show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Now back to our show. Here are your co-hosts, Douglas and Sophie Walker. Well, welcome back. Thank you. And uh, we uh, are going to have our next little segment dealing with or talking about the Ladies European Tour and some of the exciting developments that have been taking place in the last month. And uh, Sophie will be uh, (laughs) taking the lead on that and sharing her wonderful knowledge of the game and all things golf. And uh, so... You must be excited as a former uh, LET player rep to see all the changes coming down for this season and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously a very quiet start to the year due to, to COVID, how we'd normally go down to Australia. That's out of the question. Um, South Africa got put back. But from May onwards, it's a really good and it's condensed schedule. And I think... As a European player, that's all they've ever wanted. You don't want to play one week, two weeks off, two weeks in a row, four weeks off. So with a a more condensed schedule, you can get a nice run going. Now, obviously, jumping from country to country is going to prove to be quite difficult. So we need these vaccinations to, to come good in many a country. But yeah, it's looking great and it's looking like good money as well which is vitally important because these girls are really good at golf and they deserve to be paid in that way. What would you attribute, um, which events, or is there something in particular that you would attribute to the purse increases or the prize money increases? Well, we've had a a great investment um, from Saudi Golf, the Aramco Team Championships, which will be four events. So for those of you that follow the LET, we um, had the Saudi international and the Saudi international team at the end of last year. Um, This year, it's going to be very much the team format and the countries which are on the schedule, well, cities as well. So we've got New York, Singapore, London, and then they finish in Saudi Arabia. So um, that's a massive injection of serious money, million dollar prize funds, slightly different format. Um, There'll be three professionals and one amateur. Um, so potentially you could have amateurs having puts for the best part of $100,000. So that could be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, that's significant. And then we have um, the the event that Niall Horan is backing over, over in Northern Ireland, um, which was on the schedule last year, but unfortunately due to covid it couldn't, it wasn't on. So that ISPS have got back involved with that as of Niall. And um, yeah, that's going to be a really, really good event just at the prime, just before like the Olympics and the Open and the Scottish Open. So that's that's going to be a good event also. Good format with that one. Do you know the format for that one? <laughs> no, I was uh, just digging into it a little bit, but why don't you share it with us? Yeah. So like, I think with the Ladies European Tour, they could have, they can and they need to be like adaptive to things. So you can see with that team competition, um, it's not just a straightforward 72 hole individual. It's only 54 holes and it's team. Similar type of um, different concept with the ISBS Hander event. It's, it's a tri-sanctioned event. So it's European Tour, LPGA, LET. Uh, there's 144 players, men, and 144 players, women. So it's very similar to those of you that know the Vic Open. So the prize fund's exactly the same, but the men and women don't compete against each other. So there's two separate competitions running, but what's quite cool is that they can mix, they can put an LET, an LPGA, and a European Tour player together in the same group, or they can decide to do a, uh, a men's group at you know nine o'clock, um, a women's group at ten past nine. So they get a really good mix. Um, hopefully, if crowds can be there, it'll be great because you know you can take your son and your daughter and you can show them right there. 
men and women right next to each other playing. And also, if you're watching it on TV, the final groups, they're next to each other. So you're watching two tournaments in one, um, which, you know, if, you, if you're a, a follower of tennis, it's very going to be quite similar to the majors at, at tennis. The US Opens, uh, Wimbledon, it's all played on the same venue, but there are, you know, that the men play against the men and the women play against the women, which I think is the best format for equity in the game. On the team format, the Saudi team format, Sophie, mm-hmm. uh, is it going to be completely with the LET players? Is that correct? Is my understanding correct? Or is it a, it's not the mixed event, is it? No, it's the, it, there's no co-sanctioning to it at all. It's a, it's an LET event. Um, I, I would assume there'd be a few, obviously, sponsors invites, be it Solheim Cup year, there'll be uh, a few of the Europeans that play LPGA looking to tee it up. Uh, I know Anna Nortvist, um, Anne Van Dam, they, um, Georgia Hall, Charlie Hall, they all were in the Saudi events uh, last year. So I assume they'll play in that. And then then you might see the likes of Bronte Law, um, Carlotta Zaganda, people like that that might need to come and play in that to build up their to their rankings to get into the Solheim Cup. I think it's actually quite exciting in the fact that it's it's almost like a uh, uh, WG, WCG, WGC uh, event yeah. um, where they're going to be playing in these different locations throughout the year. So I think that's a, a very interesting and uh, exciting prospect. Yeah, I do. And and what you've you've got to say about the investment from the Saudis is that they've done it properly. You know, they've picked four incredible destinations and it's got players really quite excited. Um, And it's probably the most excitement I've seen from LET players about a schedule. Well, probably ever, I've got to say. So, um, yeah, let's, let's hope that these can all go ahead. Obviously, there'll be a lot of bubbles like there was last year. Um, I think it's quite easy to look at LPGA, PGA Tour and, and just think, wow, there's fans back. Stuff seems to be getting quite back to normal. But with a lot of, um, you know, a lot of our players are from many a different country and we've almost got to keep the tour together and move from week to week to week. We can't have these gaps in between um, because that's ultimately where players tend to get COVID when they leave the bubble. Yeah, that's true. We saw a little bit of that happening last year where uh, you had a little bit of um, getting out of the bubble a little bit. And then next thing you know, uh, a player or a caddy mm-hmm. was uh, was exposed. So let's hope uh, the vaccinations come in for everybody and in a fairly timely order and that uh, the bubble system. Uh, are you hearing that the bubble system is going to continue out through the calendar year? Or yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Good. Are you aware of how that's playing out in the LPJ? Are they continuing with the bubble system too? Um, yeah, I think I think so, but they're, they're a little bit more lenient, I would say. Um, it's like the PGA Tour. It is a bit more lenient. Um, I did notice last year some of the players were staying in, in um, self-catering, which I assume they're still doing this year. Um, but yeah, the, the, the European Tour and the LET Tour do seem to be a little bit more stricter with it. Uh, for instance, at the moment, the, the guys are in Qatar and the players actually have a have a SIM card um, that they that they got in Qatar so they can get tracked and traced. They have to put that in their phone. So, yeah, I think because you're going to different countries with different laws and the governments are ultimately setting these laws that you, you kind of had to abide by by what they feel comfortable with doing. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so. What about the uh, Swedish event that's being co-hosted by Annika and Henrik? Is there uh, a lot of excitement for that uh, starting to build? Yeah, I mean, it just shows you the fact that I didn't mention it, that, um, yeah, that how good our schedule is. But that one got announced last year and everybody was pumped for that. They really were. And then obviously it wasn't on. And um, especially in Sweden, you get really good fans in Sweden. And Annika's our hero. Most of us, is you know, it's our hero. But in Sweden, she is massive. And then you've got Henrik Stenson, who's just like, well, he's the Iceman, isn't he? Open champion. Very well liked um, on tour from the men's side, but also very well liked 
from a Scandinavian LET as player perspective. So when he used to live in Dubai, he actually used to offer to put up the Scandinavian players in his house for that week. It was very, uh, his son was always there, quite uh, quite involved with the event, he used to come and watch, um, as did his wife. So he, he was very supportive of the Scandinavian uh, female players. And I think that that's just, it's just going to be amazing. I know Sweden are going to get right behind it. It's a really good time in the schedule as well, like summer in Sweden. It doesn't get dark there. It's a great place to go in the summer. Um, and yeah, once again, a mixed event. And and it's nice, you know, that players are stepping up, isn't it? Like we noticed with Justin Rose last year with the Rose Ladies series. Um, and and throughout time, we, we you know, we've had, we've just had Arnold Palmer um, host like his event. We have Memorial with Jack. We've got Tiger um, as well with the Genesis. So I think players, now they've got a bit of time, um, like Annika, it's really great that she's that she's getting involved with this and to have Henrik next to her. I mean, that is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, that's the uh, Swedish dynamic duo. For sure, for sure. Uh, so, Sophie, we have the, uh, what's the first event? Is it the South African Women's Open that will be coming up in, uh, uh, what is it, three, four weeks, five weeks? Yeah, it'll be May. So wherever, I, I have no idea about time at the minute. We're still in lockdown. Like somebody told me yeah. today it was March and I was like, really? I didn't know that. So yeah, so uh, I think it's kind of second week in May. So um, this all kind of got put back. So the South, there's a sunshine tour in South Africa for the men and the women. And it, it's their own South African tour. Um, and this all got put back. So the South African Open is the sixth tournament out of the Sunshine Tour. So it's the final tournament. So what you might find is a few players going over to South Africa and playing in uh, the Sunshine Tour, kind of building their way up to then finish with an LET event. So it's very similar to what happens on the men's tour as well. Uh, but yeah, that that will be the first one. And actually, it's kind of better that it's been pushed back because due to COVID, that's why it's been pushed back. But then it gives at the, at where it was in kind of in March, it was kind of in the middle of nothing. If you were just a true LET player, it fitted in with the sunshine tour schedule. Whereas now being pushed back, it can, it's a really nice start to a season. I used to go down to South Africa um, as preparation for the LET. Food's great. It's quite cheap to be down there. Courses are excellent. Weather's unbelievable. Um, and it, it's a good place to, to get into your golf of the year. Oh, fantastic. Do you know the course they're playing at this year or does it rotate or do they host it at a specific uh, event on a regular basis? No, they rotate it because it's a, it's an open, you know, so it's, it's their home. Right. Yeah, that's home what I was event. thinking. Yeah, so they rotate it. I'm not sure, to be honest, where it, where it is this year. So, I mean, the defending champion is Alice Hewson, which Alice was a rookie last year. Her first event was a South African Open. She won it. And then she didn't play again for months and months. So that must have been quite a weird thing because that finished as COVID hit and they all had to get back and that was it, lockdown. So it was very fortunate that the South African event went ahead. So she will be defending champion and hoping that her second year on tour isn't quite as dramatic as um, her opening season on tour. So who are some of the players that you're thinking... uh will have good years or players to watch on the L.E.T. this year? Yeah, well, I, I'm thinking Julia Engstrom, who was, I mean, not much of a, a newcomer to, to was L.E.T., like stalwarts, I suppose. But she's she's only young. She's early 20s. Um, she's won a couple of times, second on the um, money list last year. And it, Tita Green is a phenomenal golfer. Can struggle a little bit with her putting. Um, which she's really working hard on, but just like a bit of a baby-faced assassin, I would call her. Um, yeah, multiple winner last year. So if it wasn't for Emily Pedersen, would you know would have arguably have won won the money list quite easily. Um, another one is someone which everyone will know. Everyone knows Megan McLaren for the way she writes, very articulate. Um, but she's gone into. Uh, I mean, I described it as the Bryson effect. She described it as the wanting to get better effect. So she has added a bit of speed. So she, 
Megan, I would say, would be slightly below average um, in hitting and has now, you know, gained four or five mile an hour swing speed, which equates to kind of 15 yards. So that'll be interesting because normally, you know, steady Eddie, Megan, let's see if she can keep hitting the fairways, but gain that bit of distance. So that's someone that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing because I was always a little bit sceptical of could you add power without losing accuracy? Um, and I think, you know, Bryson proved that and um, Morgan Pressel proved it as well. She added a, a good few yards over the last few years. So let's see if Megan can do the same. Well, she's definitely a talented individual. I mean, she's known not just for the golf, but uh, for her being such an articulate individual and speaking to a lot of issues as well. So uh, any other players out there that might uh, be fun to watch? Or, Well, let me ask you this one. Do you think um, with the busier schedule this year, do you think there'll be some of the uh, women on the LPGA will be coming over a little more frequently now for the European Tour? I mean, you always find Solheim Cup year, they'll come over more because, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to try and get in the team somehow. Um, I think you will, it all, it really does depend on how easy it is to fly around. I know that's, I'm sorry, we're talking COVID, but it's, it's, yeah, it's how easy it is to fly around and how things fit into their schedule. I can see them coming over for Northern Ireland, um, but there's an Olympic issue there. So it goes Northern Ireland, then there's a Saudi event in England, then we go Open Champ, uh, Scottish Open Championship. So that that run of four weeks, I'm hoping that we'll get not only European LPGA players, but we'll get we'll get some of the Americans, some of the Thai players, Korean players that come over and do it as well. But it, the Olympics, if the Olympics kind of isn't on, that's going to be great for the LAT. I know that sounds like. But um, yeah, if the Olympics is on, then I think you'll see the, a normal schedule as such. But I mean, the LPGA is stacked this year, isn't it? Um, they're probably going to want some time off. But they're the four weeks and Evian as well that I can possibly see people coming over and then almost wanting to carry on playing. Like we were saying, we're over here now. Let's stay in the bubble. And let's let's play them all. Well, it looks like it's shaping up to be a golden summer for European uh, women's European golf for sure. So, well, yeah, I mean they can all get the practice and all start playing really well, and then in September we can we can beat the Americans. <laughs> uh, Sophie, how big? I mean, we we touched on it, but how big is this uh, Handa event going to be in Northern Ireland? Oh yeah, like it's it's. It's not only um, the format that is going to make it really exciting. It's the place. I don't know if you've ever been to Northern Ireland. It's awesome. Like it's the people are amazing. They love their golf. I mean, look at the Open when Shane Lowry won. Like the amount of people that was there was incredible. So if we can get crowds in, this is going to be amazing. You've got the first time. Well, yeah, not. I suppose the Vic Open as well. So that format really works down in Australia, but it's in Australia. So trying to get the, the players to go all the way down there for kind of one or two weeks can be quite, sounds weird, a tough sell. Once you're there, Australia is amazing. It's the getting there that puts you off. Whereas this doesn't have that problem. So you've got that. And then you've just got, you know, biggest boy band in the world. Um, he was a member of Niall Horan. I mean, I can imagine him now getting his little black book out and basically calling all his mates. So I reckon, you know, there's probably going to be a concert. The pro-am's going to be full of who's who. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, he did a concert when when it was on there a couple of years ago. The buzz he will bring, the non-golfer buzz, is significant. And I think for women, women's golf it is as well, because... There'll be plenty of girls that listen to his music that just want to go for a chance of seeing Niall Horan. Now, if we can then go, hey, Niall's here, but there's golf as well. Fancy a go. Does this look cool? We can just grab a couple of them. And, you know, he's done his job. And the fact that 
he's so passionate about golf. I mean, I think Niall loves golf more than he loves his guitar, and that's saying something. <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I, I like your points. Those are excellent points. Kind of reminds me, it's a little reminiscent, I guess, of uh, back in the day when you had the Crosby clam bake and things of that nature on the PGA Tour's early days, how you used to have the celebrities out in the Hollywood area organizing tournaments and getting the people up and uh, and out in the players. So, um, yeah, I hope that uh, turns out to be a great event and really starts to raise the game, especially with, as you say, that important demographic of getting younger women and younger, uh, older girls looking at it and uh, wanting to look at golf as possibly being something to get into, for sure. So, Sophie, all in all, super excited about the LET. Yeah, but in one word, like, it, honestly, normal. sorry, I want to say honestly, normally it's like, oh, what will the schedule look like? Now the schedule's out and everyone just can't wait to get going. It must, uh, I mean, for somebody like yourself who's been on the Players' Council and, um, or, you know, representing the players on the council, you're surely got to be feeling good about the way things have started to pan out and the direction that uh, women's golf in Europe is taking and, and building on and, and moving things forward. Yeah. I mean, when you're on the players council, like all, all you ever get from players is we just want somewhere to play. We just want somewhere to play. And, and, and you know what, they're going to get somewhere to play, but they're going to get the added bonus of getting some cash as well. So that's going to be, a huge thing, but just to get back into countries that, you know, when I first started on tour, we were in Scandinavia quite a lot. We'd be maybe five or six times a year in Scandinavia. And then we would go one year where we weren't there at all. So just to get back into those like Belgium, Finland, places like that, that that's just, that's, that's really important to, to keep growing the game in all different countries um, and then obviously if you can get more money on the back of that, amazing. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic year for women's golf all around, regardless of which continent you're playing on. I know you uh, have taken a little bit of your time to join us today. It's really, really appreciated, Sophie. Um, always a wonderful uh, perspective and very knowledgeable with the women's game in particular. So thank you so much for joining us. It's a big, uh, a big thank you. And uh, we hope to have you back really soon. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up our show for today. We're very happy that you could join us and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to listen to our podcast or to download it. On behalf of Sophie and myself, thank you and have a great day or a great evening wherever you may be. And remember, keep the ball on the short grass. You are listening to We're Talking Golf, produced by the World of Golf. This episode was recorded on March 10th, 2021. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of the world of golf. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.